0: All right, welcome everybody to our final car cast of the preseason, which is exciting because now the games will count, and that's always better, but how about this exciting moment is that now we are in a new ride. We are in a new ride. So congratulations, Sean, on the new wheels. Yes. And uh, yeah, it still has that new car smell. Isn't
1: it that always fun? It does. It does. It still has the new car smell, and it's the... Uh it even has a little slot for the recorder right in the middle here, so I'm not holding it in the air while we're driving. Um, it's safer, newer carcass for the 2018-19 season. Which is good, because right as we were getting on the highway, a Corvette
0: zoomed by at close range. So yes, nice to know we have an extra buffer of safety as you straddle the lanes and what's supposed to be between the lines. Yes, exactly. So... <laughs> <laughs> I also want to get John a hard time about not knowing where his washer fluid controls are, but we'll let him drive us uh, safely first
1: before I continue to tee off. Uh, anywho, this is the last car cast where it doesn't matter. Obviously, Owen and I will be judged after the next one, since just like the regular season games, everything uh, starts to count for more. Yes,
0: um, and the the pressure magnifies And suddenly yeah. people Take things a lot more Intensely
1: In a good way Yes right? Good news makes it fun Good news is I think We're both making the team I'm happy with our Performance in the preseason um, It was Things uh, to improve On the car cast Or are you talking About the other part Of our jobs
0: I don't know I mean I think the car cast Is in midseason form Which means that There are no rules And we're falling Off the rails At every moment Clearly Okay Alright let's get To the hockey game Alright Let's get to
1: the hockey game um, Stars lose 6-5 to five. five goals are good Six goals against Is bad um, big key after this game. Talking to both uh, Jim Montgomery and the players, not happy with the work in the defensive zone today. Uh, it was loose. There was a lot of open space for the Avalanche, and uh, kind of feel a bit bad for uh, Colton Point, who is going to take a big uh, took a big knock on the save percentage in a game where he didn't have much help. Yeah, I mean.
0: I don't know if you take this one on evaluating Colt Point too much. Well, oh, you can't evaluate Colt Point. You heard one. he made some fine saves. There were a couple where it's not so much on him, but Semi gave up five goals, but he still made that save a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. J- uh, Ropa hints in alone a couple of times. The bad um, save on the end mark on the, yep. on the left side. The, the save on Jason Spencer just forcing yeah. him wide on the backhand. There were a few of those where you look and say, that's the save that he shouldn't make that he did that makes him an NHL goalie or an NHL
1: starter. Yeah, I, I'm not saying anything I, bad about Colton Point. No, you can't. I'm not judging or evaluating Colton Point. If you want to take just like two cents on Colton Point, then we'll get to everything else. The one difference is... We saw Landon Bow was under siege against St. Louis and performed admirably, played pretty well, kept the game scoreless. Uh, tonight, Point um, was also under siege, but let up six goals. Tonight was not the reason. Point was not the reason they lost tonight, but tonight was just a reason that Landon Bow is kind of ahead of him on that notch of the depth chart right now, and the reason that he was still here initially, when they cut down to three goals before, obviously, Udoblin and right. uh, Bishop got injured. So that's 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 all we really need to say about Colton Point. He wasn't... He, he's still a kid playing his first year out of college, so it's... right. I mean, has, and we always talk about goaltending
0: taking time to develop yeah. more so than other positions, so actually, considering he's never played a pro game, I mean... A, re, a regular season professional game. I think he, he's been great. Yeah. I think Landon Bow is probably a step above him right now. Mm-hmm. And that's not anything negative to say on Colt Point. It's because he's actually played at the AHL level. And, yeah. and Point is going to learn a ton of things. It's, go through a, a growth period during his
1: season this year. Yeah, just a knock on. It's not even a knock. It's just a difference of experience. Sure. Um, so tonight... It was kind of a weird. So we went into tonight thinking top three lines are kind of the three lines. You know, the top nine are nine bodies that are going to be forwards on Thursday night against Arizona. Um, you can make the case if uh, Valachyuk comes in, Devin Shore could be moved to the fourth line. But tonight was a night where you went in and. We're still kind of watching to see who wins that final job. And it was actually kind of hard to judge mm-hmm. because of how, dis- how many penalties there were in the game, how many, uh, how many how many special team situations, which really hurt the ability for Jason Dickinson and Rope Hintz to... And Brett Ritchie. And Brett Ritchie, and Brett Ritchie's obviously having his losing 15 minutes didn't help, help either. It was kind of hard to evaluate them and for there to be that true competition... Um, where they were playing they they were playing in kind of a fourth line role which I guess when Montgomery goes back through the tape it could be blessing in disguise in some way that you can kind of see how does this guy respond how does he act when he only gets seven minutes right and actually there was an interesting take that he made was you get an idea to see when
0: these guys don't play much, how engaged do they remain in the game so when they do get a chance to go over the boards, are they focused and ready to go? Because one of the hardest things, especially for a young hockey player who's used to being one of the key guys on his teams, let's face it, most NHLers, if not all of them, or the best guys on their teams at most points of their careers correct before they get to the professional ranked right, or at least in the NHL, and so they're not used to playing limited action, they're used to playing every situation. And so, you know, one of the reasons why guys that aren't on the top six in an NHL roster make it for a long career playing
1: third or fourth line roles is they're able to play consistently, even if they don't play consistently. It's, it's the thing, it's, it's, it's the way... Um now, Blake Como could play a little bit of a top six role this year for Dallas as well, but, but it's the thing that Jim Montgomery always talks about with Blake Como. He's a guy who he always talks about as a guy who, no matter what, what he does that night, he always brings at least a B game and always is bringing something. You're not seeing a real drop-off on yes. a
0: night where he's not scoring. I, and interesting, you saw the, the flip flopped uh, Como and Shore in the third period yep. a little
1: bit, and I thought that worked as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, of that, of those three guys competing for if we just go off that fourth line tonight, Hens, Richie and um, and uh, Dickinson. I thought Dickinson and Hens had. not I thought they were both good in the chances they got. Obviously, Dickinson comes in and scores, uh, scores the goal. Um, I think he's looked better as far as the preseason has gone along. He looks like... I think he, he fills that spot now where I think he can be a good bottom six winner. Like, that's not something he, we knew he could be coming into the season. Just, he just, just never played that position. He never played that role. Um, I thought Hintz... I, in my view, hints is, is... This team is better with Hintz on the team. He's your fourth line center right now, and I thought for sure it would be Devin Shore. Now... Based on
0: what we've seen, Shores in the lineup. Yeah, Shores in the lineup. He can play both wings. Montgomery has praised his hockey smarts, his vision, his ability to be versatile is a real attribute. And he said to us the other day, "Hey, we find ways to get a guy like that in the lineup." Yeah. So to me, it's I, I'm shocked to say this now. I'm not shocked, but watching training camp, but I've got compared to preseason that. It's hints because I just thought he's going to be good. He's going to be knocking on the door, but they're going to say, you know what, he needs to play more than four minutes a night. Let's get him in the AHL where he's waiver exempt, and he'll be the first call and now I think is sure for sure and it's a battle between Dickinson and Richie as to who's the third guy on that fourth line yep. uh, meaning that Hinton's vaulted ahead of Remy, Ellie and uh, Jamel Smith and look the way Ellie got a lot of time last year I thought for sure he'd be on that left wing yep. uh, you know and made, made Dickinson have to and we'll get,
1: push right, that and as of right now we don't know that for sure obviously but we'll learn we'll learn a lot tomorrow when the Stars have to go to waivers because the, the, the roster cutoff is for Tuesday that's right and so to be able to send uh, Smith, Smith, or Ellie down—they have to go through waivers. If neither of them are on waivers tomorrow, we know Hints is going down. Or the one final possibility—and I doubt—well, maybe they do it. The one
0: possibility is that the Stars start like, the season with Stephen Johns on the IR. Oh uh,
1: no, no, no. That's no. Yeah, it was extra spot. You Stephen, Johns on, if Stephen Johns goes on IR. That spot's for getting They day. Interesting. So if, no, if you're talking IR, if it's if Val Machushkin's on IR to start the season, then you don't have to send either of them. That's true, because you have 14 and 7 that way. Okay, fair enough. So, Stephen John's IR spot goes to Gavin Bayruther. In my my view, Gavin Bayruther's spot on the NHL roster depends on whether Stephen John's plays on Thursday or not. You don't think there's going to be a 6 in that situation? What do you mean? Well, I mean, you could have
0: your six defensemen that way. If, if you're assuming that, let's say John's isn't ready, but you have Polak and you have I think Gavin, I think Gavin Bayruther's above Roman Polak. I agree with that as yes. well. But if you could have seven with John's on average, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Just to catch everybody up after the game, Montgomery confirmed that John skated this morning with a small group. Uh, I think there's a few guys that were maintenance that maybe got a little bit of a skate in, but John's skated two days in a row, so his optimism that he'll be ready for Thursday is a little bit better than yesterday.
1: Yeah. Um, But essentially, in the Bayreuther situation, I look at Gavin Bayreuther as a guy who is the 6 right now, but he is the 6, but he will be once Johns is healthy, he will be back in the AHL because they don't want him sitting. Yes, and, he'll loss. and he's also he can go up and down. He's way for example, right? So, and and, and Pollock is signed, in, I think, in some regard to give a veteran presence, but also to be the seven. Yes, to be the seven who can play when you need him on a on a, on that short term situation and yes. things like that. Um, so th- this gets to our thing. So we know we know tomorrow that. Where you have ninety-nine percent certainty in my mind right now that Joel Hanley and Justin Dowling will be on waivers tomorrow. That's ninety-nine percent certainty in my mind. Who is the other guy if we assume Ropey Hints Rope, sorry, I don't want to do I don't want to do like some hockey uh, office. Oh, there key, we go. Rope hints. Who is the other guy on waivers if Rope Hints makes the team? Is it Jamel Smith or Remy Ellie? That's a really interesting
0: question because they bring similar and get different things to the lineup. Uh, Ellie and Smith both bring speed. Smith can play center or wing, which is a versatile bonus. Yeah. I don't know if they have that need at center because of both Shore and Hintz's ability to play in the middle, and Dickinson for that matter. So then suddenly you're talking about who do you want on the wing, And they both... I don't know. That's a really difficult question. I don't know if either one... Now, Smith did score a goal the other night and actually showed something on that. I don't know if Remy Ellie or Jamel Smith have really stood out. And frankly, until the last couple of games, Brett Ritchie didn't do much either... Mm-hmm. to not saying that he hasn't stood out, but to to separate himself. Hintz has been one that really has has made a, a very
1: positive impact. That's why we're talking about him right now. Yeah. I, so I look at it this way with Smith and Ellie. Neither of them have done enough in training camp to separate from the other. And therefore, yeah, so that's, I think because, that's what I was trying to get and at. And therefore, my default in my mind, just trying to predict this and how this will shake out, I think Jamel Smith ends up on waivers. If you go through and you kind of read how things played out as far as who played more games last year, who has a bit more of experience, who do they think, who has a higher chance of getting claimed. I don't think either of them will get claimed, but I think Remy has a slightly higher chance of getting claimed than Jamel Smith. All of those factors, those tiny factors, Combine to make the decision where Jamel Smith is the one that gets gets waived. That's yeah. how I. That's how I look at it. Now neither would it, I. Wouldn't be shocked one way or the other. But if just trying to predict this and read this and and get an idea of what we know and what we've kind of learned about how players are valued within the organization. I think Smith is the one that gets put there. Uh, I think I would agree. Yeah. It's again it's We're arguing about the
0: last guy in the lineup, and I think you could go either way, and you'd be in a pretty similar situation. So it may just be about a preference within the coaching staff or the front office of who they like or who they, like you said, might think they might slide through waivers more. They might both, but ultimately, what's really interesting is... He, I, I, the the one, if you thought Hintz was going to be a surprise, we talked about oh, Hintz yeah. as, as fighting for a spot, but probably wouldn't get that chance before it can't start. Yeah, and there's probably nine in our mind coming into this season. Yeah, and we talked about it. He had a great playoff, but he still probably wasn't going to make yeah. the, the roster. Now we're talking about has a chance to play Thursday night against Arizona.
1: He does, and it's uh, there's been a couple of moments. I think the key for him, um, he has to play with a partner that... He has to play with a partner that helps him out defensively because we saw tonight the uh, the Colin the Colin Wilson goal. Him and Roman Polak got absolutely torched. Um, tough one. And yeah, tough timing on that yeah, too. He had in St. Louis. He had a similar situation where he got burned as well, that led to the penalty shot against. Um, that being said, I mean, so I think he's a guy where I think once we see this game, I think the top two pairs. The Lindell-Klingberg pair, we're probably going to see for 23, 24 minutes. and Say it's um, Mathad and Heskinen, we're going to see for another 20, 22 minutes. So he's going to be in more, a more protected, sheltered role, potentially with Julius Tanka, depending on how things shake out. going to me, is really interesting because I think he's ready for... He's ready if he can be protected, but you don't want him out there. You'd almost like him playing with a yeah. guy like Mark Mathai. Yeah, but you the want... The problem is that they, they're both on the left. Yeah.
0: So... And I don't know how comfortable you'd want him... You'd, again, we always talked about it with past Stars coaches like Lenny Ruff and Ken Hitchcock saying that you want to give a young guy the best chance. We were talking about how he played Jimmy Alexia yeah. last year. On his strong side or weak side, and of course, Hitch for a while thought weak side was fine, but then that didn't last very long. And then he said, "Well, you got to give him the best chance to succeed, and right now it's got to be on the strong side." So, um, aside from the humor of that, it's yeah. more of the fact that I think ideally, well, Haskin has shown that he's equally adept at both sides, and we may very well see him on the right if Johns isn't ready to go with playing with Mathot. Mm-hmm. That you know, Bayworth Ruther, he is really a
1: left. He is. He's a left. He has a system in the left. Um, so it's... I mean, that, and that actually helps Bayworth's chances of being in the lineup, in theory, just because you take a look at things, and you look at Holock and Honk are both righties, too. Are all, any concern
0: before we get to the lightning round about the goaltending situation? I know that Montgomery insisted that they would be full go for practice on Tuesday. I guess that's really the what we'll see, right, is... Will those two guys be 100% participants in Tuesday's practice? I guess the, the the saving grace is that they both look fabulous in their preseason action. But isn't it a little early to be
1: talking about have, minor injuries? I have no issues for Thursday. Um, I don't have any issues for Thursday. I don't even have any issues for Saturday. I'm, I'm, the short term, it's okay. It is just the it is the realm of where we do have to keep in mind, and it's just something to keep in the back of our heads here, that we've got two, what are they, 32 or 33? How old are they? Older goalies. Yeah. Right. They're, they're both 31, 32, however old they are, and they're both, it's a, it's a demanding position, and they're both kind of getting to that age where durability, where goalies at this age start to either, you have the goalies that... Break through that wall and continue to play the Lundquists of the world that continue to play at this age. Crazy, yeah. It ha- it or had to yeah and or the Belongos. yeah. Although they certainly break down more now than they used to. They do, but it, they, they push. You feel like they push the breakdown window from thirty-two to thirty-six. Right. So it's just something to keep in mind because Ben Bishop has a history. Of getting hurt. And even if, even last... if it's fluky injuries that aren't it... his fault. Yes. Like last year. Yes. So he has a history of getting hurt, but... And it's... getting hit in the face with a buck. He's got a magnet in that helmet, doesn't he? Well, that's awesome. Him getting hit in the face is also a more technical issue with his game. Okay. To quick nerd out goalie thing, really? he has the ability to he has the ability to play a situation from his knees that most goalies can't because of his height. Right. And so because of that, there's times he gets hit in the head more because he's taking away more of the lower part of the net by being on his knees on a tighter angle situation where another goalie is probably still standing in that situation, and therefore he gets hit. He gets hit in the noggin a little bit more. All right, you ready? Yeah, let's go to the Lakers. As we make a transition from one highway to the other, this is usually a
0: good time for the Lakers. Yes. All right, so let's get it going here. Zach writes in, was the absence of Smith and Ellie in the final game lineup an indication of where they'll likely be or won't be on opening night? I think generally the fact that they weren't playing tonight is... Or maybe it was just to see one of the other guys that they were on the fence about, right? Well,
1: I think I think it's a slight indication, but um, I think those two guys... Also, we look at the guys who Dickinson and Hintz, they've given them six preseason games because they're trying to learn as much about those two guys as possible. They don't have a... Management doesn't have a... Now, Jim Montgomery wasn't here last year, but management has 73 games of Remy Alley. They have 46 games of Jamel Smith. Yeah. So I think... They have a better idea about it. There's a reason that Hinson, Dickinson Dickinson were rolled out for way more because they need to see where they are. I think um, Remy Elliott, Janelle Smith needed to basically to make, and I think they probably should have known that, when you've played that many NHL, when you've played a good and healthy amount of NHL games in the past, you need to, your body of work kind of speaks for itself and you need to build on that. Yep. Uh, Travis writes in, player or players that
0: impressed you the most that won't make an impact with Dallas for a couple of years? Obviously, these are the younger guys, potentially. Uh, Anybody particularly stand out to you that got sent down already, most likely, but you're interested? Um, Or even somebody who just got sent down today, like a Michael Mersch, do you think he'll impact... Uh, Or are you looking for the young goaltender? This is looking for
1: an impact on Dallas in the future? Impact with Dallas, but not for a couple years. Uh, Well, I think Garionov certainly added some more intrigue to his future. Um, Now, we have to see what happens when he goes down to the AHL and see how he maintains things. But I think the fact he came in and played so well and kind of shook off how last season ended with the playoff scratches and the Calder Cup playoffs, um, I think he added some more intrigue and there's there. he kind of reopened that door in my mind at least that you know what maybe there's something something there that can come together because last year we saw just his hockey sense and his hockey IQ weren't there and he seems to be in a better spot right now him and then the other guy who we just because we did see him and so I'll put it out there and his um and he's kind of a rough year because the team he plays for, but Ty Delandria, yeah. who, who who I thought he actually played well in his first preseason game with, uh, he was on a line with Nick Camano and Jason Robertson, and I thought they had a pretty good that kid line was pretty good. Uh, DeLandria's is on a very bad team in Flint, um, but he's a guy who I don't know how many points he'll have with Flint, but. I, I got a double... Someone may have to double-check my math on the numbers, but... So he played his first NHL preseason game. Three nights later, he played in, in his first regular season game with Flint. And he won 16 of 20 faceoffs. And then two nights ago, Flint lost again, and he took 24 of the team's 40 face-offs. Like, he's a guy who is just... He's going to be worked to the bone and flint, and you you hope that's you hope that situation doesn't break him down, and you hope it builds his character. Right. But he's a guy who I really liked who I saw. Should he have been the thirteenth overall pick? We can debate that at another time. But he looks like a future NHL player. The two guys you mentioned that I would have brought up
0: were Kamano and Robertson. Mm-hmm. I think a couple years down the road, but both of those guys could be really nice pieces. Obviously, for their offensive abilities and and as they round out their game, but not for a couple of years yeah. now. Um, Josh writes in uh, over under Fox at twenty three and a half goals this season.
1: Uh, as far as goals under, I I, I think that's I, I put it at in that nineteen to twenty range. Is I think a goal, you'd be happy. A, oh, I'd be thrilled. 20, I'd be thrilled with. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 you I, could I, take the under yeah. on 23, but
0: yeah. Any, I think anywhere from 15 to 20 for each of those three guys mm-hmm. on the third line, if you get 45 to 60 goals from them, yeah. you're very happy with your production. Yeah. Um, court writes in, what's Monty got, got to do to get these guys to cut down on the sloppy penalties? I, I've, I get that being hard on the puck
1: is going to lead to a few, but yikes. Well, let's 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 make something clear real quick. So, the penalties are not, the penalties are not a result of Montgomery's system. I want to make that clear because this team led the league in stick infractions last year. Um, they two years ago they were third or fourth in the league in stick infractions. This is a this is something Montgomery has to fight and drill out of them, but. This team taking bats, tie sticks, and slashes, and hooks, and everything like that. That's part of the. the uh, that's part of who this team has been the past couple years, and so. Yes. And so this is not on Montgomery. This is not on Montgomery. Why it's happening. But it this, is on his to fix. It is. his problem to fix. And now I don't know how you. For example, let's take Alexander Radula, for example. He took his third slashing penalty preseason, and all three have led to goals against. Goals against. Now. sometimes those lead to turnovers and create something and things like that but you have to find a balance and so this is not this is just a full I don't know how you do it because it's this is this is going to be an interesting coaching situation for Montgomery where he's going to have to kind of instill some discipline and hope the players need to buy in and do it I'm not sure how you do that well
0: with Radulov, it maybe you take what comes with it because of such dynamic. R- Radulov, I guess, is everybody can... else. It's or, or many of the others have to be smart, and I think that will be part of the discipline that becomes uh, very apparent. I think that. The Jim Montgomery, we've heard a lot about talking about details. He's yeah. very detail-oriented. This will be addressed. We'll see how it comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stefan asked us about Rope hints. Will he make the team? We already talked about that, but we think he will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shani writes in asking about the pronunciation for Miro Heiskanen. It is not Heiskanen. It's Heiskanen. Uh, so we answered that one. Zach asked us about who... He said he read your 2020 already. Good. I have not because thank you I've been reading. working. But thank you. He, he said he already got your opinion. He wants to know mine about the fo- who's on the fourth line and scratches. But we already talked about that. So we'll like his tweet and move on. Another penalties question. And so there you have it. We actually got through the lightning round tonight. Usually we don't. But, you know, when you look at this team... And you look at if you go through the the roster, even when everybody's healthy, I still say that the questions are and this is not bagging on anybody, but Jason Spezza was very intriguing tonight. He had a breakaway. Uh, where or, or maybe a partial breakaway, we want was able to turn the corner. He wasn't clear, gone, but he was yeah. able to get around a guy, go into the backhand, shot it wide. He made a wonderful no look pass to Yanmark in the third period. Didn't score, but obviously it was a good look. He, if he can do that on a regular basis with Shore, Val Janmark, Yanmark, whoever if Como, if he's up there. I mean, that's, there's pressure there for, to get him back to not necessarily a 60 to 70-point season, but 45 to 50 at least, right? He's got to play a part because that, I mean, look, this is this is beating the secondary scoring drum or the depth scoring, but Ben Sagan-Radulov, you know what you have there. Mm-hmm. They're going to be one of the toughest lines to defeat in the NHL this year. They're going to be great but you can't run them ragged like Hitch did last year toward the end of the season. You need to commit to the four lines. and I think Montgomery genuinely is going to do that, but those growing pains have to happen between now and the end of the calendar year, or even in January, right? Yep. So that you are really hitting your stride in February and March and into the playoffs, April, hopefully. But when you look at that, Fox's line... Pitlick, Como, or even Shore, I thought, looked good there. Dickinson can play no, there. We I know think, that. Just a quick side note, I think Pitlick's looked really good the past two games. And, sure. and my yeah. co-host tonight on our broadcast, Brad Lukowicz, filling in for the injured IR Bruce Levine. We wish him well. Mm-hmm. I hope a uh, speedy recovery. But Brad Lukowicz said he, he mentioned Pitlick multiple times and really likes his game. Mm-hmm. And you add the skill of Como and Foxa continues to g- become one of the most difficult forwards to play against. The third line feels very good. Mm-hmm. first line matches up against anybody in the NHL. Third line does. I like what we're seeing from the youth. There's still some shaking out on the fourth line. And that's that second line. But that's to me, it all comes from the forward standpoint. Yeah. That second line is is the biggest question mark. Right? Not because I'm not saying they can't do it, but just what will they do? Because and if they have a good year, Sean, this is a good hockey
1: team. And certainly, certainly at home, they're going to get good matchups. Great matchups because because the. Whether you want, there's two different, the top line for, when you're at home, the top line for the opposing team, no matter who it is, they're either going to get, Montgomery's either probably going to go strength on strength, you can look at it that way. Or the
0: Sagan line, or he's going to go to Fox Or he's going to go to
1: Fox. So, that Spezza line should be getting the other teams. Should be getting the other team's third line. They should be. They should. And now, obviously, some teams are going to have good third lines, but they should be getting better matchups because of what the Fox line does. Fox
0: unlocks your lineup. And we don't necessarily mean the straight up third line, Mm -hmm. because if you say, well, the Spets line gets the Stars third line, just in theory, that would be Fox line. That'd be bad, because they're the best shutdown. When we say third line, we mean the third best defensive line, Mm -hmm. meaning they might go top line and best shutdown line against Spezza's line gets whoever's not it might be their second line it might be straight up but that can create some really positive matchups to score yeah. and they, and of course on the power play we, Spezza will need to be a creator on that as well with, I thought the power play looked good tonight by the way I thought they moved the puck I around they moved
1: well I like, like Jamie in the
0: slot yeah. and, uh, Jamie Ben in, the, in the, the slot position he got a tip in Klingberg continues to show real wizardry working the blue line and, he, and his ability to get that puck through. Yeah,
1: and I've, I've used the word, he, he has one of the most tippable, I've used in my a one of the most tippable shots as far as just being able to and get
0: Brad that. And Brad said that tonight so it shows that an NHL defenseman of many years agrees with the word tippable.
1: Clearly, Do you Mark, feel more vindicated Clearly now? my jargon is making to the public realm. He must read The <laughs> Athletic. Thank you Brad for reading The Athletic. If he, <laughs> he may not, but nonetheless.
0: But no, you're right. And so penalty kill has to get better. They can't take as many penalties. Stars need some healthy goaltenders. Hopefully, that'll be the case. Stephen Johns adds to this team in many ways. But you know what else is something that we didn't see tonight? Because Ben Bishop was supposed to play. His puck handling ability is so different. And Colton Point is not a good puck handler. That's not. That's, it, but it yeah. completely changed. We saw it last year when it was Bishop or Letton, And When Bishop's in the net, this team plays differently because of his ability, not just to actually physically execute a pass, but the sense of making good decisions and it, I can't harp on that enough.
1: Yeah, well, and then this, Stars were the Central Division preseason champions.
0: Nine points. We <laughs> rolled the internet twice today with Saint that.
1: St. Louis Blues had eight, the Winnipeg Jets had eight, uh, they finished with nine. And ended on a two-game losing streak. And I, and I'm an <laughs> optimist, but
0: a couple of years ago, the Stars went 1-6 in preseason and then won the division and the conference in the they regular 0 and season.
1: The 0-16 so. Detroit Lions went 4-0 in preseason. Yeah, so there you go. There we go. Preseason means nothing, everyone. We'll see what happens Thursday. Yeah, the
0: real car cast begins then.